I'm Anna Hart van der Berg. And I'm Duncan McLeod. This is Talk Central, episode 132 for the weekend starting 28 August 2015. Talk Central is brought to you by Tech Central, where you'll find South Africa's best technology journalism. That's right, Duncan. No headlines like underpants to protect your package from harmful Wi-Fi. <laughs> no clickbait on Tech Central. On Talk Central this week, we talk about Telcom Sub-50 Rand wholesale ADSL plan. Also this week, we talk about Alan Not Craig Jr.'s new business, Eurotel, and Show Me's to make Africa debut. Before we get to all that, though, we need to pay the bills. We'll be back just after this. The Vox Telecom Cloud is the future of business. Developed from the ground up, it's a turnkey, fully managed approach to the cloud. It offers you guaranteed support, a national network with true redundancy, fully managed services across all layers, and most importantly, a single point of accountability. The Vox Telecom Cloud. It's how cloud should be. To find out more about the Vox Telecom Cloud, SMS your name to 45454 or visit voxtelecom.co.za. Standard rate supply. Welcome to the show. How's it going? How's it going? Good, thank you. So um, I don't know if you've been following the news this week about Telcom. Um, really interesting moves they're making. Uh, sub 50 Rand, for the first time, sub 50 Rand wholesale ADSL package to ID, uh, ISPs, uh, which is going to allow them, uh, the ISPs that is, uh, to introduce sub 100 Rand uh, ADSL packages into the market. That would be amazing. Yeah. And it's a good, uh, a good counter to fiber that we're seeing spr- sprouting up everywhere now. I think... Uh yeah, yeah, yeah. It really, this is, becoming I mean, competitive. This is really aimed at the low end of the market, but um, interesting move. Also, those aimed at the on aimed at those on the edge of the telecom co- uh, coverage areas where they, you can't get much, sure, sure, like five, yeah. six, seven k's from the exchange. Um, but I think a smart move from from telecom. Um, uh, less than fifty bucks, excluding VAT. Um, and um, chatting to uh, Pranesh Padiachi, is the MD of wholesale services at Telcom, and he says he fully expects. Um, that uh, ISPs are going to come to market with five, ten gigabyte per month packages for less than a hundred rand a month. Nice. Um, uh, now that's obviously excluding the mandatory um, line rental, uh, analog line rental. That um, I think um, more and more people are questioning mm. why does it mm. exist. Mm. Um, and when I asked him about that, he actually said that um, they're giving serious thought to about how they can deal with that in the future. So I think we may see some news coming down the line. Probably not immediately, but somewhere, somewhere down the line on uh, doing away with that uh, mandatory um, dial tone service. Oh, that'd be nice. Um, but I suspect that'll mean that the, the average copper charge, uh, he was talking about introducing a, a single copper charge for ADSL or for, 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 t- for telephony broadly mm. and doing away with a dial tone service uh, if you don't want it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, um, but I, I think the, the, that fee will be more than um, the basic analog line rental fee, but probably less than the um, ADSL line rental fee that you're paying at the moment. And it's happened all over the world, so it's it's inevitable that it happens here. Yeah. yeah. Um, but but um, very aggressive move by um, by Telcom. An interest, interesting move to introduce a one megabit product at such a low price. And I think what the, the market they're really going after actually is the is the market that's perhaps fairly new to smartphones. Probably doesn't necessarily doesn't necessarily have a computer at home, but but is using uh, one or more smartphone devices or a tablet uh, to get online and is is relying on uh, mobile data to do that. 
Um, and I think people are finding more and more, especially if they want to access things like YouTube, but also even just browsing through Facebook and things like that, which are becoming more data-intensive services. Mm-hmm. Um, Higher-resolution high resolution pictures, lots more video, all that sort of thing. I think people are finding they're chewing through these mobile data bundles at a hell of a rate, and it's getting very expensive. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the mobile operators, and particularly the big ones, I, and, and I point my finger directly at Vodacom because their prices have stayed stubbornly high for a long time in data. Um, I think that people are finding that... Um, that you know they they're wanting to consume data, but they can't afford it, or they they're paying more than they want to uh, mm. for uh, mobile data. And I think what the the big play that telecoms got here with this one megabit service is to try and get some of those people onto the fixed line network and using the fixed line network because then you get a five or ten gigabyte a month package for less than a hundred bucks a month. Obviously, again excluding the yeah, line rental. Yeah. Uh, and then you're um, now you're starting to look at a, a, a cheap uh, way of getting data on your smartphone and on, on, on your tablet, and not having to pay the um, higher, much higher fees that the that or certainly some mobile operators are charging for sure. for data. And I think that's their plan. I think it's quite a smart move. I think it is a very smart move, especially if you look at uh, households with families. I mean, we know how kids like to chew through YouTube videos. Yeah. And something like this, you know, it, it, it really makes a lot of sense to bring people on board onto your, your copper network if it's, if it's such an accessible thing already, mm. and we know it is. Um, and let's be honest, I mean, I love my 10 meg ADSL service and it works well, but if, if, if we can restructure some of those, if this could lead to restructuring of some of the pricing, especially taking a telephone, telephone element out of it, um, you know, we could be looking at telecom slightly differently again, saying, you know, you guys really want to help us or at least to help, you know, help yeah. the cause. I yeah. think it could be a but, good but move. In this day and age, it's becoming increasingly less relevant to have a dial tone service on your fixed line. Um, mm. I mean, especially if you're going um, for a high high speed connection, you simply you can just put an IP phone service on top of that. But and who uses a landline phone still? I mean, I'm sure there would be a lot of people, a lot of households still businesses do. still do it, use landlines, and I, I, I suppose there are households who still you know households. Probably, I don't know anybody that's probably with older it. people. Maybe. Yeah. St- I mean, I know in the complex I live in, the the, um, the the chairman of the body corporate still phones me on my. Uh, phones f- phones using his landline all the time. In fact, sends me sends me faxes, which arrive in oh, my no. email. Because <laughs> yeah, does he also make use of seven rand call more time? <laughs> <laughs> no, but a lot of people that I know don't. And, uh, most people that I know don't uh, have their phone plugged into the telecom. Really. Yeah, it's yeah. Just, it's just it's yeah, it's become it's legacy. A, a non-issue. It's yeah. legacy, and even telecom admits it. When I was talking to Pranesh Padiachi this week, he said that um, you know telecom is. Um, when they're ro- rolling out fiber now, they're not providing a, a telephone line service with that. If you want it, sure, it's an it's an additional mm-hmm. add-on. Mm-hmm. And I'll give you a VoIP service. Um, no, that's cool. That's good enough. On a hundred megabit per second fiber service, you don't need you don't need a legacy exactly. line. You just exactly. use voice over IP. Yeah, yeah. And also, you don't. Yeah, I mean, it, it makes a lot more sense to move away from it. And uh, mm. um, I think cell phones have really yeah just just taken over that part of the market. You know, for mm. those people that still want to. A home phone or a landline phone, you know, yeah. to, to become an optional extra. You don't have to, to force everybody to yeah. pay for it. Yeah. I, ha- I had the opportunity this week actually to go and uh, visit Telcom's new headquarters in Centurion. Um, they used to, um, anyone who's ever visited their old um, building in downtown Pretoria, looks like an old government fortress hmm. um, of, um, you know, just an old government edifice of concrete and, and uh, a completely impersonal. Um, and uh, they've moved to Centurion, and the place is just a huge um, construction area. And uh, but looking good. I mean, I walked in there, and it was uh, there was a buzz about the place. Um, a lot of energy, uh, a lot happening at Telcom. Um, I think uh, this, what the CEO and his top management team have done there in the last two years has been quite remarkable. Mm. Um, they've, they've changed everything. 
um, and, they, and, they're, and they're still continuing. Possibly going to buy Celsi now. <laughs> oh, wow, yeah. yeah. Jeez. And, and their buildings in uh, Pretoria, have they moved away from them completely They've now? moved out of them, yeah. They've been sold. I believe a gov- someone in government, uh, well, government has bought the buildings, um, and they've now moved their entire campus to Centurion, which is now one big construction site. Hmm. Um, nice. But they've got their, their NOC, their National Operations Center there. Telcom Mobile's been there for a while, um, and they've, they're moving into a new head office building there, which is uh, where all the construction work is happening. So a lot of interesting things coming from them. So obviously, mm. new uh, reju- rejuvenation of uh, energy from their side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. New it's, building, it's interesting uh, to see, yeah. new feng shui. I think it could work well. I think once Telcom gets all of its issues out, out of the way, they're going to be quite a formidable competitor. Mm. But they, they had a lot of issues that, that, that have been built up over a decade or more yeah, um, that yeah. they've had to clean out. But this new CEO, uh, um, has uh, Sipo Maseko, has done an incredible job um, of... Um, of really clearing out the rubbish and the problems that they had there, and putting the company on a on a new, on a new direction, and I also get the impression he's not the sort of guy who's going to stick around forever. Um, I think he's got um, I think he's got greater ambitions. Make a change and move on. Yeah, he might be there for another year or two, but I think he's going to I think he's going to he's the sort of guy who's come in and I think he's going to move on to something bigger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I get that impression. Interesting. I'll yeah. definitely keep an eye on that one. Right, what's next? Uh, Alan Not Craig, um, not to be confused with the other Alan Not Craig, who's his father, um, talking about Junior here. Mm-hmm. Um, Ex iBurst uh, MD, um, was ran Mixit for a while. Um, what else did he do? He was uh, he started a whole lot of businesses. Um, uh, he's uh, He's obviously the son of the former Vodacom CEO. Um, so does the free Wi-Fi project. He's got the free Wi-Fi project, which he started a couple of years ago, called Project Seasware, which is mm. uh, um, not really free, of course. It's free to end users, but um, uh, city residents are actually paying it through for their through their rates and taxes. Um, but it's been a, quite a success, and they've rolled out free Wi-Fi right across uh, right across Pretoria now. And just last week or the week before, I went through to the launch, um, debuted. Um, some new services as well, calling voice calling over the network for free, um, with breakout offered if you want it, uh, and they're also offering um, uh, something called I forget what it's called. I think it's called Wi-Fi drive-in or something, um, and you can go to designated hotspots within the city with your device and tap into uh, free movies, oh, sit in nice. sit in a park that's and watch a movie cool. on your tablet or oh. whatever. Yeah. So he's done quite well there. But um, he announced uh, earlier this week uh, his new business, which is called HeroTel. And um, it's the amalgamation, what's been created through the acquisition of two wireless internet service providers, one based in Stellenbosch and one based in George. Um, and he wants to become a big player in the WISP, wireless internet service provider industry. Uh, but he's got big ambitions. Um, and I think I think Mark Craig Jr. has always had big ambitions. Mm. And um, he, he wants to consolidate, uh, not buy necessarily, but certainly consol- help consolidate uh, the industry under, uh, I think they're calling it the Hero Alliance. Um, he estimates, I forget the number, something like 200 um, wireless ISPs around the country. Sure. Um, all mainly servicing small markets, you know, small towns and areas. And he wants to, they don't, none of them, he says, have has the sort of power to, to market themselves on a national scale and really, you know, take the fight to the big incumbent operators. He wants to do that through Herotel. Um, and he says he started a process of talking to all of them. Mm. Um, uh, and, and he wants to use what he's calling the Hero Alliance uh, single brand uh, to um, amalgamate all of these guys and give them a voice, and um, and allow them to to compete on an, on a national scale, even if if they're only really competing, uh, you know, locally through a national brand. And it sounds like a, a smart idea. Um, and he's got the backing of some pretty um, pretty um, 
powerful backers. Michael Yordan, sure. the ex-CEO of FMB, is an investor, uh, as is Mike Pfaff, who's the former CEO of Rand Merchant Bank. So he's got some, um, some, some heavy hitters behind him. And uh, he's launching the service, uh, launching the company commercially, or the service commercially, in April 2016. So it's uh, still a good, uh, what, mm. seven months away, uh, eight months away. But he's um, he's certainly ambitious, and uh, it's going to be interesting to see how he how he gets on with this. He certainly has a lot of experience in Wi-Fi, which is what most of these Wisps, wisps use. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And then and, and, uh, apply the the strengths in, in various aspects of that. I think uh, yeah, it's definitely something to keep an eye. on. Yeah, and uh, unlike Project Seasway, this is a uh, for-profit venture. Uh, whereas uh, prof, uh, Project is where he says is um, is, is non-profit, non-profit yeah. what's registered yeah. as a non-profit so it is yeah. um, but we'll keep an eye on that one he's um, I, I think uh, Alan Lockraig is a, a very interesting character in this industry and um, uh, he's he's already um, I mean he's controversial in some respects as well his, his tenure at Mixit was yeah. uh, wasn't without controversy um, but he's ambitious and um, you know I think he's got every chance of success so good luck to him well, what else? Um, interesting moves. Did you see the piece that Toby Shapshak wrote this week on Forbes about um, Show Me, the, the fast-growing um, yes. uh, a Chinese vendor that um, some people are calling the iPhone of China? Yes, yes. Um, it was a, it, it, quite lacking in detail, but what, what struck me as really interesting is that um, that it's that the, the, the this is going, the, there's a new business that's been created to do this thing. It's called Mobile in Africa, Mobility in Africa. Um, and it's um, going to be headed up by um, a, a president called R.J. von Spandonk, hmm. who is, um, of course, uh, best known for his role in Core Group, which yeah. is the big Apple distributor. Um, now, Core Group has never distributed the iPhone. Apple's always gone direct to uh, has always gone direct to the cellular operators. In fact, opened an office here to hmm. service those operators over the last, um, I think, in the last eight nine months. Um, this raises all sorts of questions, and I've sent questions through to Core Group uh, for RJ, and uh, they haven't responded, um, uh, asking what this means for Core Group's relationship with Apple and what it means about Apple potentially expanding its role in the South African market. Um, um, you know, the fact that they've come in here now and have a formal office with a formal GM um, uh, to service mainly the mobile operators initially, but does it mean that they're slowly but surely? looking to expand their presence in the South African market and what does that mean in the longer term for the core group and it's all it's mm. all speculation and core group isn't saying anything um, but the fact that RJ van Spandong who is um, a key player in the core group is heading up this new business which uh, is bringing in probably Apple's biggest competitor in China show me devices and they get they're, 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 they get rave reviews mm. Android devices um, and selling them in Africa, including South Africa. What does this say about um, Core Group's relationship with Apple? Yeah, I don't know if that's going to be is that going to be a long-lasting relationship. If, if that is the case, I mean, I mean, one can only yeah. speculate because um, no one's speculating. No one's saying no. anything. But um, but look, I mean, it's a good plan B if Apple's decided to come into the country and they've been notified that uh, has Core Group been notified that well, that, that Apple's going to sell direct. I, I can't see that happening. Core Group is so being being so good for Apple, but. Um, um, but maybe they want to. But Apple know. is Apple. When they make decisions, they make they, a decision. Yeah, they just yeah. move into the they market. Do. Maybe it's time. Maybe they've decided. Well, we need to. We need to be, have a direct presence in Africa somewhere. And they need to own the footprint here. Yeah. It's. I don't. Yeah. I think the legacy that comes with Core as good as what it was. Yeah. It's, it's always going to be 
not the original Apple footprint uh, on the continent. Um, mm. And and if if we if we know if we if we look at Apple's previous kind of movements throughout the world, uh, I think their first move. You know, it's about yeah. time for them to set up shop. Whether it was, whether it could have been with the core or not, is is kind of you know it's, that's yeah. not the argument. It's, Apple would probably want their own, uh, yeah. their own their own face down here. Yeah, but if they come back into this market on, on you know on a full scale basis, wouldn't the best move be for them to buy core group? Um, sure. Because then they get the retail footprint, which they can just rebrand those i stores as yeah. Apple stores. Yeah. They um, and, and they've got the, you know, they've got the people on the ground. They've got a team of people who. We know how to distribute Apple product on the ground. They just why don't they mm. just buy it and make them part of Apple? Just buy core and call it Apple. Yeah, that's a good point. Wouldn't they have perhaps done that already? That's why the Xiaomi Show Me moves happening. Who knows? Speculation. It's all speculation. speculation. And until Core Group or Apple, ha ha, gives us <laughs> some uh, insight. Um, I guess we don't. Uh, we're not really going to know. Um, but uh, we'll keep pressing it and see what we can find out. But certainly a very interesting move. And Xiaomi's phones have um, have uh, um, get rave reviews. Um, mm. I don't know if you've mm. ever seen one. But not in not in the fish, but I've definitely seen online yeah. and heard uh, yeah. heard of a lot of good uh, mm. feedback on it. Yeah, they, um, they 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 look great. I've only seen photos of them. I've never had the chance to play with one. Um, but it's about, it's about time for a brand like that to to really make uh, waves in in the cellular industry because I mean these guys already manufacture the devices for most of the world mm. you know it's about time that you know the chinese kind of market gets uh, gets upper hand on on some of these models i think you know really making it their own yeah um yeah i would have thought yeah but um interesting one show, show me i mean i've read a lot of background on the company and they've their their, their their battle plan is clearly emerging markets so they've expanded into i think it's the philippines indonesia and and uh, the biggest market they've expanded into india um, and I guess Africa is the next logical place to come. Um, yeah, I look forward to playing with some of the devices and seeing mm. what they're all about. But um, everything I've read about them suggests they're uh, they're doing great things. Um, they're probably going to give Huawei a big run for their money oh, when yeah. they come into oh, yeah. this. Those are going to be big rivals mm. for sure. Yeah. Cool. What else? So let's talk about Apple. Actually, um, lots of rumors at the moment. They've set a date, 9th of September, mm-hmm. for the launch of the new iPhone. Rumored to be called the iPhone 6S and the iPhone 6S Plus. No real surprises there. Uh, also talk, uh, Rechot, uh, of a smaller iPhone? Yeah, so they, they, they t- there's talk of, of iPhone going back to the 4.7-inch, 4.5-inch uh, screen size, which I think a lot the 4. of... No, 4.7 is the current, 7, yeah. is the current size. 4.4-inch. 4. 4. So 4.4. Because no, the original iPhone was f- uh, three and a half, and then it went to four, and then the iPhone six it went to four point seven, yes, and five point five with the plus. Um, so if they're going to do an iPhone mini, then I would imagine it would have to be less than four point seven inches. Yeah, no, I think it's going to be the iPhone four inch. I will just quickly look it up just to confirm. Um, but uh, uh, apart from that, we certainly not going to see m- uh, anything new in terms of look and feel. Um, and something we've seen from a lot of other manufacturers, they'll, they'll kind of keep the. This is incremental. We know this about Apple now. They do yeah. they do a big release and then an incremental release, a big release and an incremental release. So we're in, inc- in an incremental this year, year this year. So we probably should not be expecting fireworks on the 9th of September. Oh yeah, definitely. And we also probably shouldn't be expecting an iPad. Uh, yeah, that's what all the rumors are suggesting, and certainly there's been no leaks of, of, of iPad specs or anything, which we usually see on the on the various sites, every no, leaks and all that no. sort of stuff. So the talk is no iPad, new iPad this year. Well, apparently there may be a new iPad Mini, 
Uh, there'll be no new full-size iPad, and that's because Apple's all getting geared up for the iMax. What are they calling it? The uh, iPad Pro. iPad Pro. Yeah, that mm. could potentially be a game changer. Twelve-inch rumored. Yeah, yeah, and I think long overdue. I mean, how many years have we been having those rumors mm. of an iPad, uh, iPad Pro? Um, but other things um, that that they're looking at for, that we're looking at for the the new iPhone, obviously, um, potentially a taptic feedback. Uh, Taptic engine, at least in force touch, um, something we've seen. Borrowed from the MacBook. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Have you have you played with that much? I haven't had a chance to even look at it yet. Have you? Have you? No, I've been it? to I've I've been to the Mac store to try and like it doesn't to just to play with it and just to feel yeah. it. It doesn't really blow me away doesn't as it? much. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Maybe maybe I'm just setting my ways, and because I think the other thing that puts me off about the, the new MacBooks is the keys. I'm not a big fan of it. I was chatting to Craig Wilson. Uh, he used to work at Tech Central now now um, working over at Stuff HQ. Um, and he was uh, saying that he, he's um, play, played around with the, the keyboard on, and he, it doesn't grab him at all. Mm. He says he doesn't doesn't have the sort of feedback that you get from a um, from a regular MacBook keyboard. He says yeah, it's, yeah. there isn't as much play with the keys and it. You're not quite sure you're actually press, pressing them. Exactly. When you when you have, I mean, especially as, as, uh, I mean, we write a lot, so yeah. you know your fingers hover over the keys. You know where it is, and when you press it, you know it's been pressed. You mm. know, and you can actually be forceful when you type. With uh, with a new MacBook, I find you know even if you press it hard, you don't have that satisfaction of a mm. button press. Um, mm. I mean, it's obviously a, a marvelous piece of technology. The way they they design those little butterfly. It's, it's amazing piece of engineering. But I would never buy one, not with one one port on the side. Yeah, no, it is. Even if you get an adapter, yeah. I think Apple was just trying to prove a point with that thing. Look, I mean, as a consumer product, that could potentially be the way things are going. You know, if somebody if somebody's just writing a few mails, you know, typing in your old web browser, that kind of thing. I suppose if you're not a power really, user like us, yeah, where yeah. you don't need an HDMI port and USB ports and and memory uh, card readers and all that sort of yeah, stuff, yeah. then then maybe. Yeah, if, exactly. If, if you're um. I don't know. If you're Edith Fenter and you just go out to lunch, for example, <laughs> and you just want to check your mail, then yeah, maybe that's yeah. and be seen with the new MacBook. Maybe that's the target also, the market new, they're going the new, the new MacBook, I mean, that's always going to be their flat. Well, it was kind of a showpiece for them. Yeah. And the technology is going to roll down to more affordable devices in the coming years. And then, you know, that'll certainly become mainstream. And, and you know, your average consumer would probably love that, you know, yeah. it's an affordable device. It's yeah. thin, it's light. Yeah. How many people need more than one port? You know, I don't you know. know. I don't know. We, I don't we need, definitely need more than two. I mean, my yeah. two on years already, uh, two of my MacBook Pros already not enough yeah. you know, I need a, a, a USB hub yeah. Um, but yeah I mean if I look at if I look at people around me just the average consumer I've never seen anybody plug in anything other than a USB stick so yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. Gonna, it's gonna be interesting to see that yeah, remember at one stage you used to walk into a coffee shop and every notebook you saw had a 3G. Oh, uh, the 3G, the long one, the big yeah. one. You don't see that anymore, hey? <laughs> no, no, not at all. You don't even see that anymore. People, uh, I mean, it's, it's really large around your phone sharing sharing your internet connection um, and the Wi-Fi, yeah. Wi-Fi spots. Or using a wi- yeah, Wi-Fi, Wi-Fi mm-hmm. dongle, Wi-Fi type device. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. too. But, but it's, those things, I remember I used to, when the first LTE ones came out, yeah. I plugged this thing into the side of my PC, I can't remember what I was using at the time, and I watched the battery life go. <laughs> 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 do you remember the PC? MCIA cards. I do. With that little antenna in it. Uh, I do. I do. I remember the first iBurst ones. Oh, yes. Shift like that. Yes. As these, P- as, as these PCMCI cards just slid into the side of your computer. Oh, man. They came out around at about the same time that PCMCI was heading out of the market. Yeah, that was a uh, yeah, massive miss in, in technology. Yeah. Um, but yeah. yeah, the USB modems with the big full size SIM card. Yeah. Interesting, interesting. Do you know what PCMCI stands for? Uh, no. 
I'm jo- I'm joke. I don't know what it really stands for, but the joke is that it stands for people can't memorize computer industry abbreviations. <laughs> That's good enough for me. <laughs> um, and just to end off the, the, the iPhone 6 rumor uh, conversation we had, um, obviously talks about a better, better camera. Oh, yeah, of um, course. 12 megapixels, I'm hearing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're from 8 at the moment. It's going to be impressive to see. I mean, eight on my iPhone is is very good. Mm. Um, you know, practically you probably don't need more, but it's always good to see these guys innovating mm. and, and kind of pushing the boundaries of what it can do. And um, of course, yeah. we've got the big IFA conference coming up in Berlin next week, um, mm. and all the Apple rival manufacturers are going to be obviously coming out and showcasing their latest um, their latest creation. So I expect we're going to see some interesting attempts by some of the other cell phone manufacturers to preempt yeah, whatever them, Apple's yeah. come, coming up with yeah. now. So I think IFA's going to be interesting one to watch this year. Oh, definitely, yeah. definitely. Anyway, speaking of Apple, um, we uh, I've had a couple of um, emails from uh, f- uh, listeners to the show uh, complaining that um, we're not available in iTunes anymore. I'm fully aware of that. We've changed our um, uh, our service provider for our um, podcast to iono.fm, which is a great service, by the way. Um, go to iono.fm, literally, uh, in your web browser to check it out. But mm, um, mm. <clears throat> it's a great way of distributing the podcast, and you can subscribe to all the feeds there, etc. We provide um, the RSS feed as well for subscribing in, in the podcast um, show notes. Uh, but um, the long and the short of it is that um, uh, the old uh, podcast entries on iTunes, I have lost the password. I've uh, attempted to contact Apple to recover that password with no joy. I don't know what account I used to create it with, but uh, it's unrecoverable. So um, I'm in the process of recreating the uh, the Talk Central um, uh, podcast on iTunes, but it's got some funny rules around um, image sizes, which I'm busy figuring out how to fix on the iona.fm side. So um, I'm in the process of fixing that, but I'm hoping that we'll be back on iTunes, uh, uh, not for this episode, but hopefully for the next episode. And once uh, once it's up there, I'll uh, let everyone know about it. Great stuff. Cool. Right, let's move on to our um, regular features. Uh, winner and loser of the week. We don't actually have a winner this week. Uh, no one really. No, nobody deemed worthy enough. I no, think. no. Yeah. And uh, I think it's right if we don't try and force the issue and oh, try and come up with one. So if no one's obvious, we, we won't pick anyone. Um, so um, we don't have a winner this week. Do you want to pick up the loser this week? Yeah, I think, I mean, we've all heard about this over the last week or two um, the, the Ashley Madison saga. Um, and without a doubt, the loser has to be. Ashley Madison uses, and I still maintain for two, both senses of that word. But um, <laughs> yeah, being fooled into thinking you are having relations with a bot and just cheating your. Oh, well, they are having a relationship. With the bot. I mean, I love the the report that came out a day or so ago saying that uh, the vast majority—I forget the exact percentage—but it's something like ninety-nine yeah, point something crazy. percent of all users on Ashley Madison were men. So all these interactions and conversations that were going on can't have been with uh, with, with women. real people. Yeah. They must have been with bots. And also, I mean, a lot of... Uh, <laughs> or, 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 or Ashley Medicine call center agents. <laughs> call center agents. Ashley Medicine. Outsourced to India. They're sitting there having a conversation with some uh, sweaty, uh, uh, <laughs> sweaty teenager in a call center in India. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. That's totally plausible. <laughs> 
But uh, yeah, Ashley Madison, what a disaster. I'd be very surprised if that company survives. No, I can't. It's, there's no way it can survive after <laughs> this. And also, I mean, there's two other things. A rumor came out that, or, or uh, there were some articles that I read where um, Ashley Madison actually employed women to post, to create and post, obviously, uh, profiles under, under their own names. Oh, really? So, yeah, yeah. So you'd have women that just, you know, string people along. Um, and secondly, apparently there was a feature where you could pay to have your details permanently wiped from their servers. <laughs> and that was never done. So oh. um, all those people that paid to have their details removed and got now got leaked. I mean, they're probably <laughs> going to be in for a lawsuit over and above. Yeah, class you know, action. In yeah, fact, there is a class yeah. action happening, I seem to recall. But what a what a mess. But what I mean, mess, if you're uh, stupid enough to use a service like that. <laughs> yeah, look, I mean, it's not Tinder, but... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, anyway, I know. Lose through the week. Both Ashley Madison and Ashley Madison's users, actually. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> What's your pick this week, huh? So, uh, there's a website I've really been enjoying uh, the updates over the last few few months. Um, I've been quietly enjoying it. It's called Brilliant Maps. Um, and it's a beautiful, it's just beautifully contented. Oh, it's a website with beautiful content, just all about maps, different types of maps. Whether it's a map that uses uh, political data, whether it's maps that use uh, uh, financial data, um, or just interesting things of where people live. For example, oh, we're just cool. opening uh, the one of this Australia, half of Australia lives here. Um, and you have a map of Australia and uh, highlights of where people actually live. So you can see vast majority yeah. of the continent isn't isn't being... It's uh, because the middle section is 50 degrees. and desert, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Full of kangaroos. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But uh, really interesting data, the way that they're using data on the maps too is, is very interesting. I've, Like I said, I've been enjoying the... the Jedi, the what is that one? Jedi, what? Oh, Jedi Knight population of the UK. <laughs> <laughs> In two, 2011, Jedi Knight population, um, and it shows you where in the UK... <laughs> Jedi Knight. There seems to Jedi be a big concentration up in the middle of Scotland <laughs> for some reason. <laughs> The map above shows many self-proclaimed Jedi currently living in the UK. The Jedi census phenomenon can be found around the world. Oh, very interesting. So this is the kind of thing on uh, the URL. It's brilliantmaps.com. Um, and if you're into to maps and data, it's well worth, worth checking. Oh, that's There's awesome. a few really interesting things in there. That's fantastic. Um, and has it got an RSS feed? I'd love to get that through RSS. Um, yeah, I think it does. Yeah, sure. no, I'm definitely going to go check that one out. Yeah, it's got it. Britain and Ireland draw, drawn using pubs. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, wow. oh, yeah. Just so every pub is a dot. Every, wow, that's incredible. And you actually see the content, yeah. That's amazing. That's absolutely amazing. So the most pubs are in London, obviously. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah you can see that. Remarkable. That's a very cool website. Brilliantmaps.com. Cool. I've got quite a cool pick this week as well. It's an app called Push Bullet. Uh, it's been around for a while. It runs on uh, multiple platforms, uh, including Android and iOS, uh, possibly others. I haven't checked. Um, and uh, you also install it on your um, on your on your desktop, on your Mac, or on Windows. And um, what it does is, uh, you um, once they once they're installed, uh, you're working on your computer. Whenever you get a notification on your phone, it pops up on your on your screen. I know Apple's got something similar to this that they introduced yeah. with uh, the latest Mac OS X. Um, but it, it only recalls the messages. Yeah, this is a, I think a much more robust um, and 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 feature rich uh, offering, and actually allows you to do stuff um, on your PC. So if, for example, an SMS comes through, it pops up on on your screen, and you can quickly reply to it. Same with a WhatsApp message, even, and you don't have to log in via WhatsApp web. Um, nice. So it's connected directly with your device. Um, and uh, the WhatsApp one I find particularly useful because um, uh, running WhatsApp on a desktop is a pain. It is a pain. Yeah. So. Um, 
you know, once you get a message on your phone, you want to pick up your phone, check your WhatsApp, because it interrupts what you're doing. Check your phone, then type in the message on the screen, which takes forever because you're using an on-screen keyboard. Yeah, when yeah. you're sitting in front, of your, in front of your computer, someone pops you a WhatsApp message, just hit the reply button and just type a message and hit send. And it doesn't really interrupt the flow of what you're doing. Um, um, and it works for everything. I mean, and, and, and the cool thing about it is you can mute certain apps. So if you don't want your notifications of your email, for example, coming on your desktop, because you could probably get a notification through Outlook mm. or whatever your mail app is already, uh, you can simply mute it in push bullet so you don't get the notification from your phone. Um, and it works brilliantly. And um, I, I, I think it's fantastic because if a WhatsApp message comes through, you can quickly see if it's urgent or not. If it's not urgent, you just hit the dismiss button and yeah, reply to yeah. it later on your phone. Um, it's one of the best apps I've used. Um, you have to, you have to give away quite. You have to um, not be too worried about uh, um, privacy because it does require access to uh, many aspects of your phone and to your, to your apps and stuff. And uh, you never know what the company's actually doing sure. with that information. But, but it kind of needs access to it. It sure. does. It does exactly. <laughs> so it's not so, like anything malicious. I think. It's, yeah, it, I don't think it's malicious. Um, but it's certainly not malicious uh, anyway. Mm-hmm. And it's got it's got millions of users around the world. So it's well worth checking out. Go check it out. It's called Push Bullet. First of all, install it on your phone. Then install it on your desktop. Uh, through the website um, and uh, check it out. It's uh, it really is one of the most um, pr- productive apps I've used in a long time. I can see uh, just on the website you can mm. share links and files too. Which are yeah. I mean, uh, with MacOS you can obviously do it with uh, AirDrop, but mm. AirDrop is so finicky. I mean, you can't f- get it from your Mac to your PC to your uh, to your phone. Oh yeah, um, yeah. So this would be a very good solution for that, I think. Yeah, yeah. I'll definitely check it out. I haven't tried the file drop thing yet, so I can't um, I can't comment on on how good it is, but it does allow you to do that. Um, there are a lot of other features in there which I haven't mentioned. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it's a very feature-rich app, and it's been around for a while. Um, I only discovered it recently, uh, but um, yeah, I need, uh, yeah, go check it out. It's I'm going to play with that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that yeah. nice. Great stuff. I think that's the show for today. Yeah, on this beautiful summer's day. Beautiful summer's day in August. <laughs> <laughs> What's almost September. Almost September. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, it must be global warming or something. Oh yeah. Anyway. Um, as always, if you've got any feedback, we'd love to hear from you. Um, our email address is info at techcentral.co.za. Until next time, from Rafa and myself, uh, have a good weekend. Cheers. Ciao, ciao.